everyone, and welcome back to The Weekly. Um, my name is Jonathan, and I'll be your host this week. Um, we will be continuing uh, the conversation that we started in our last podcast, um, discussing evangelism and its role in the life of the believer in our church, um, specifically as we gear up toward uh, Friends Month in October, which will be our big evangelistic push as we go out into our communities um, in our neighborhoods and share the gospel. Um, so today I'm joined by Bryce Harrison and Mikey Smith. It's good to be back. The weekly has had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're we're looking forward to rejuvenating it. And Mikey? Uh, yeah. Uh, hey guys, my name is Mikey Smith. I am a junior at North Greenville University, a Christian Studies major, uh, and I, uh, I'm fairly new to TCGS. Um, I got plugged in through just a bunch of friends who have been coming here for quite some time and finally pulled me in and convinced me. So super glad to be here. Nice. We're happy to have you. Thank you, man. So Bryce isn't familiar with this, Mike. You, you may not be, but we start out each week with a random question. Um, last podcast, it was best fast food restaurant. This podcast, we're going, what is your favorite children's story? It can be a book. It can be a story your grandparents told you when you saw on TV, but favorite children's story. Um, so <clears throat> mine's right. I think right now mine is probably a toss up between the Lorax and Horton. Here's a who so solid read, choices. Read mm. both of those probably at least once a week. Mm. Um, they're pretty common requests in our household, but it's hard to decide between the two. Yeah, I would, I would say that I don't, um, I don't have the privilege of having children as Bryce does. So I don't, I, I don't, I haven't visited this area of my life in a long time. Uh, so if I, I'm going to hope and assume that children's movies can count. Absolutely. This, you know, so I'm, I'm going to throw a Disney movie in here and just, and just know that this is probably my favorite children's like movie would be the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, the best Disney movie, the, the original, the remake is the, it's just poor, but the, uh, the original. Also, uh, honorable mention, throwback children's book, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Does everybody remember Harold and the Purple Crayon? Not a clue. None? He took his purple crayon and he would draw things and go on adventures with stuff that he drew. There was one time when he drew a castle and then he drew a king and the king looked sad and he decided he needed to help the king, so tried to find out what was wrong and eventually he found out through drawing that a witch had enchanted the castle and he needed to drive her out with fire and smoke and rain and you guys don't remember this man i I think feel like i can visualize all right all right that's your homework go find harold and the purple crayon Mm. and it's it's a joy tune in next week on the weekly to hear the literature weekly on harold and the purple (laughs) crayon but so from a, from a young age, like we've, we've had experience with these stories and we've seen the impact that a good story can have. Um, we, I mean, we talked about this on previous podcasts with Lord of the Rings and just literature as a whole. Um, they have a power to connect and inspire and encourage us pretty much like unlike anything else. Um, so speaking specifically about evangelism, how can we utilize this idea of storytelling within the practice of evangelism? Yeah, so um, so I think one, like evangelism by definition is telling God's story, is telling the big story of the whole world, um, the true story of what's happened. 
um, and then helping people find their place in that story. Hmm. Whether that's realizing where they currently are or realizing how they can be part of what God's doing. Um, and all we, we teach in our evangelism workshops that one kind of on-ramp into God's story is also sharing our own story. So even even sharing kind of a little bit about our own personal experiences, what where we've come from in 30 seconds um, you can share with someone. Uh, my life used to be consumed with a selfish pursuit of perfection. Then someone told me about Jesus, how he died for my sins, how he uh, died in my place and offers me his freedom. Uh, I surrendered my whole life to him, and now my life is characterized by a freedom to to fail because Jesus has already succeeded on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a way. Even just sharing something as as short as a, a little thirty second testimony is a way to share your story. Ask someone else if if they have a similar story, and if they if they don't, kind of offer. Well, can I can I share a little bit about you? What I think is all of our story um, and where where you fit into that big picture. Um, I think, like you said, story resonates with people. It connects people. I think all of us are part of a story that God's been writing since the beginning of time. Um, and so I really like to think about evangelism as storytelling and as mm-hmm. helping kind of p- helping people plot their, their point in that story. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I'd echo all of that and to add to that, I think that when it comes to story sharing, there is uh, an important level of relatability and vulnerability that comes from the one doing the evangelism, um, taking that initial step. You know, we talked a lot about in our evangelism class, you just got to be okay with being weird and you got to be okay with being uncomfortable and you've got to be okay being the one to take that step. Well, bringing your story into that mix, I think for me at least, really kind of reduced the nerves. Um, but like, like, a Bryce said over here, I, th- I think everybody fits into that overarching redemptive story and sharing how we fit into that and, and, and expressing a genuine desire for someone else to find where they're at in that is uh, very important. So. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and I, and I would love to hear uh, a couple of y'all's stories from the other week in the evangelism training. Um, but first, um, I know specifically in that training, we kind of use the language of red light, yellow light, green light. Um, to characterize these gospel conversations. Uh, Bryce, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so we, I think we see in the New Testament that, there are, um, that our job as evangelists is to sow seeds. And the New Testament is also clear that that seed falls on different types of soil. And there are different responses. Um, our obligation is simply to, to be faithful, to sow seeds, um, and, and, and know, kind of going into it, that the reception is going to be different. So we kind of go into these gospel conversations knowing that, um, that there's, some people are going to be hard soil, and there's, there's not going to be a lot of receptivity. Um, others are going to be interested, and, and in others, it's going to you know, spring up and take fruit, often because... You know, someone else has has done some initial tilling of the soil before us, and and obviously in all of our gospel conversations, we, you know, we pray that the Spirit of God is working in the hearts of our hearers. Um, but it can be helpful for us to um, to kind of plot out some of those responses and and think in terms of 
of some different types of responses we can get. And so we do that by thinking through three categories. Um, we call them red lights, yellow lights, and green lights. Um, red lights would be um, pretty much completely closed down, not able to, not interested in having a conversation, um, especially not open to, to hearing spiritual things. Um, green lights would be... Um, I like to think of the example of the Philippian jailer who, who comes to Paul and Silas and his question is, Sir, uh, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's kind of the green light response. Like I've, what I've seen and what I've heard has convinced me and I need to know what the next steps are. What must I do to follow Jesus? Um, and I, I would say yellow light is anything in between. Um, a, a gospel conversation could be had. There's there seems like there can be uh, an open door for follow-ups. Um, and so we like to, to kind of think along those terms. Um, sometimes the door is kind of closed in your face and you you um, dust yourself off and you move to the next one and you don't you don't carry the any kind of like guilt or failure with you from that conversation. We pray that there's, there's more and more green lights of people who are receptive. Um, but we find is that there's, a lot of yellow lights, a lot of open doors for conversation um, that doesn't necessarily seal the deal, but lets us um, kind of plant a bug in people's ear uh, and and begin making Jesus known. That's really helpful. Um, so thinking through those categories from, from the last week and those conversations you had, um, tell us about some really good yellow light or green light stories um, that y'all encountered. Uh, yeah, so... Um... I want to, I'll begin by saying, you know, we had eight people in total go out and in an hour we had 25 gospel conversations and of those 17 were yellow and no red, um, which is just something that, you know, I think it's interesting to look at. But when we went out, Bryce and I went out, we, uh, we had, I think one of our first conversations was, uh, I would say a green or what we had another category, believers encouraged, where we already encountered other believers, uh, who were just encouraged. And, and, um, I would say that this, it was one of our first conversations and we came and approached a couple and, you know, started talking to them and essentially found out that in their sharing of their story, one of them had grown up in the church um, and had been raised in the church. And, and, you know, this kind of goes back to where we can relate with each other on stories because I chimed in and said, you know, I've also been raised in church. And I actually learned that I had 14 years of church in my life, but never knew the gospel. And so I had asked, you know, this man, I said, you know, what's the gospel? You know, you say you were raised in church. What would you say the gospel is? And you know, there was, uh, we had a good conversation. He was able to recite the gospel in a really uh, adequate manner. And it was, it was really good. Um, but so, I mean, I'd just say that that would be an example of an encouraging conversation that we had kind of on the front end was that we already encountered some believers and we actually, they were even able to express the gospel in, in, a, in a sound theological way. And it was really encouraging for us going on to some of our other conversations we had that, you know, were yellows. Yeah, and I think I think something Mikey did really well when we were having that conversation was um, was not just kind of taking the answer of oh we go to church we've heard about Jesus before and and being satisfied with that and kind of making a you know tally mark that that person was a believer but really was able to use his story to kind of press in for more details um, and say well a little bit of my story is kind of having thought that was the case all along and then come to realize that it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so because of because of my story, would you mind if I ask you a few more questions? Um, and that was really good. It was a way to kind of press further without being aggressive, but really be able to push further in, in humility. Um, and we had, I mean, we had a lot of, we had a lot of 
um, good conversations, people who are open to talking. We, we met a family who had recently moved from out of town um, and was, uh, was really open to, to some of the things that we had to say. Had to say. Um, when we, we kind of pressed them on, um, you know, what do you think is kind of the most pressing need for our community? Um, they were they were you know had some concerns about COVID and and stuff like that, um, and that that led us into kind of sharing with them like, do you mind if you know we share with you a little bit about what we feel like Greer's biggest need is right now as a city. Our biggest need as as individuals is um, is to be is to hear the good news of Jesus, um, and uh, yeah, like weren't weren't able to kind of take the conversation all the way through to. Uh, what must I do to be saved? But definitely, we're able to pre- fully present the gospel, and um, and then even just as as newcomers to town, find ways to to con- um, open the door for follow up conversations, uh, in- invite them into either things like coming to church or joining a community group, but also even things like you know how can we connect them to to other services around town that they're probably looking for as as you know, having just moved here that we can say, oh, you know, uh, you know, really good grocery store is here. There's a, you know, um, doctor's office that we love is, is right down this way. If you're looking for a good coffee shop, there's one right over here. So, um, even just making those conversations, um, just hospitable in general can, can keep those doors open for those yellow lights. That's super encouraging, um, and just to hear the the stories of success and going out. Because I know one of my biggest things is just like the fear of failure, um, in that. So it's super encouraging to hear just success stories. Um, what about the other end of the spectrum? Some of those that you encountered who may have been toward the the red end of the yellow light, um, or a red light in general. Someone who is um, just completely against, doesn't want to hear it. Um, do you just kind of throw your hands up at that point and count it as a loss or how did y'all handle some of those situations? Right. So I think that it's important. This is a point that Bryce reiterated throughout the whole class and even going into when we went out and tried to implement some stuff. It's important on the front end to understand that even if you encounter a red, and I would say that we didn't encounter a red, but even if you do encounter a red, that's not a failure, right? The success is in our obedience that, you know, we're being obedient. And so that's where our success is. And then you know, whether or not someone is saved or not, well, that's in, in the Lord's hands and, and that's not something that we deem a success. And so um, I would say that, you know, there were no failures in the sense that we were out there, you know, we were doing it, you know, but we did encounter, I would say, some some pretty uh, heavy yellows. I came across a couple who uh, it was clear that um, they were just really standoffish. Uh, you could tell through their body language, um, even through the tone of their voice when they would answer questions. They were really standoffish and just didn't really want to hear the gospel, but let us share in, in anyways. They let us, you know, they humored us in a sense and let us let us give our, you know, share the gospel, which is why we deemed it a yellow. Um, but even then, like Bryce did something really good where towards the end of the conversation, instead of just saying, okay, well, you know, this is it. We're going to walk away now. He changed the conversation and, you know, connected with them on a level that he knew he could connect with them on. So I think they were parents of some soccer shots kids. And you're also a parent of some soccer shots kid. And so you were ask, asking them about that and getting advice from them on that, you know, and you had told me, you know, that's important to do so that they, you know, they feel like they helped you in some sense. And so, yeah, I think that that was a really good response. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's one of the things I was going to say. I think that's actually a really helpful, um, that's a really helpful way to, to maybe kind of arm wrestle some red lights into yellow lights is 
um, people do enjoy um, talking and they like talking about themselves for the most part, uh, especially if if you kind of provide them an opportunity to be the expert. So some of the initial pushback can be you come across as, um, and they kind of see you coming from a mile away that you've, you've got something you want to share with them that you think they need and they're initially have just kind of that eye roll moment of how, how dare you presume that you have something I need to hear that I don't already know. Um, and so even just kind of asking their opinion on some things and listening, especially if you can find an example of something that, um, that you don't know, like if it's, you know, if you can say, oh, hey, you know, we're going to go grab some lunch after this. If you guys from around here, like, can you, uh, what, what's a place that you can recommend and, and let people kind of provide their expertise, mm-hmm. like their opinion and, and thank them for that. Um, people enjoy you kind of giving them their respect and giving giving them an opportunity to to be the expert. Um, it provides opportunities for you to ask questions, and and all of those questions that you get a chance to ask can become little seeds that are that are planted um, and really get them to start wrestling through what they believe um, in a way that can can help them drop their guard a little bit. So that was one of the the techniques that we were able to use with them and another group that we met that it initially was like you know, I appreciate you sharing with us, but that's just not for us. Um, I just don't have time for it. Um, and we were able to, to kind of say, um, well, like what are, uh, what are some problems that you, that make you frustrated that you see in the world around you? Like what, what gets you angry and what do you think the, what do you think the solution would be? What, what needs to happen to fix that? Um, and then like, can, can we share with you a little bit why we think things are messed up and, mm-hmm. um, what the only answer is to, to fix those. So, um, really letting people have a chance to talk and listening to them rather than just coming with a canned presentation can help lower people's guard a little bit. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I'm sure you'll have plenty more stories you'd love to share. So if you're interested in hearing more about our evangelism training, you can contact Bryce um, at Bryce at tcgreerstation.com. Yeah, or if you're also just appalled that nobody else has heard of Harold and the Purple Crown and you want to commiserate with me, you can send me an email on that too. <laughs> but if you are interested in, in getting more plugged in, in in evangelism, learning more about um, just the practice and what we as a church are doing to kind of push this emphasis, you can go to our website at tcgreerstation.com. And on the events page, we have a couple more of our upcoming trainings, the next of which will be on October 3rd. Um, and we'll be joining with a couple other churches in the area at the church at Cherrydale um, to gather together uh, for our city um, and for our Savior and just share his gospel. Um, so it'll be a really cool event. Um, if you're interested in more information, again, you can check our website on the events page. Um, but we'd also love to hear your stories as we enter into Friends Month um, with this evangelistic push. Um, if you have any stories of uh, a red light, a green light, yellow light, we'd love to hear them um, and celebrate with you. Um, so you can get in contact with any of us if you have those stories. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, and if you don't have any of those stories right now, then go out and start talking to your neighbor until you have several of those stories and then come share with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, We look forward to talking at you again soon.